0: This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network.
1: This Previously on Lost, episode number 16 in translation. We are recording this tonight to hopefully translate just a little bit about what this episode is about, and uh, we have a couple of little show announcements we're going to get into, but before we do all that, we're going to introduce ourselves here tonight, and we are going to say where they can find us on Twitter, and then we're also going to tell everybody... What show we've been binge watching lately outside of Lost Alright, so I am Mike You can find me on Twitter at the DC Fanboy That's at the DC underscore Fanboy And you can currently find me Binge watching Smallville Again, because I just absolutely Love Smallville And Lex Luthor, Michael Rosenbaum And uh, Tom Welling As Clark Kent, so I enjoy that show And the next host we have is Corey, what's going on man?
2: hey i wow i'm doing pretty pretty good uh except i'm just having a flashback right now to uh probably like middle school when i was watching smallville <laughs> 10 15 years middle ago Middle school?
1: i was already out of 20 years <laughs> uh,
2: whatever i'm pretty sure i was Ish. in middle school and uh had the dvd set of uh season like two and three of smallville oh man uh <laughs> Anyways, uh, processing that at the moment. But I'm doing really well. My Twitter is, uh, you can find me at original OriginalMav if you want to reach out to me. And recently, I've actually gone back and um, binge-watched uh, the season three of Stranger Things. So, Ooh. Nice. So uh, I like Stranger Things. I was really enjoying that, and uh, I don't know why I got in the mood for it. And then it was like I just need to keep watching it. So it was good.
1: Ooh, I love Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the final season coming up.
2: It's a fi- pr- the fourth one is the final one. Show, oh wow!
0: My problem with that show is you it it comes out and you knock it out so quick, and then you have to wait so long for more, and you just you want more.
2: Yep i'm not a fan yep. of how a lot of shows these days they don't come out one year later they come out like a year and a half later and then maybe a year and nine months later and so you know we're getting a, a seat you know two seasons in three years years—and it just keeps dragging it out so oh yeah takes a while high production value well, though <laughs> other,
1: yeah well the other voice shirt was steven steven what uh where's your uh how you doing what's your twitter handle and uh what are you binging lately
0: well, you can find me at Lucky Thirteen Steve on Twitter, and here lately I've been binging uh, his Dark Materials on HBO. It's a, hmm. it's a good little show based on the uh, Golden Compass series of books. Um, yeah, they got one season hmm. out. Really good show. It's got Lin Manuel Miranda in it, and got a talking bear. You you can't go wrong with that
1: talking bear yeah but that was yogi bear when i was a kid
2: yeah but why are there polar bears in it that doesn't make sense polar (laughs) bears are not
1: polar bears don't make any sense in any show (laughs) you know what
2: i was talking to this person at, at my work the other day about lost and i was telling them about this podcast and they're like oh yeah i stopped watching right after the polar bear you know was put in it like it's the very so first, the first episode half hour they're, well, they're like, no, wow. i watched several seasons and then there's a polar bear and i said no that's that's it I'm like no that was the that was like the very beginning but. Oh.
1: oh that's funny yeah. and you know what all these people who are going to listen to us like 15 years from now if they're still doing podcasting and coming back oh i want to go find a lost show or, or a lost podcast that you know went through and just listened to it with them they're gonna be like what is stranger things that old show and what- <laughs> 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 that's funny. Well, uh, well, good, good. Well, that's that's who we are, and that's what we were like and watch lately. Um, just kind of a show announcement. There's not really any network announcement, although we do want you to join us in Discord. Um, go to retrozap.com to um, for more details on how you can do it. While you're there, check around the articles. We have some other podcasts. Our T Public Store. Um, if you don't just want to do that, you can follow them on Twitter at retrozap. You can follow us at Lost Rewatch Pod. And um, we have a lot of other um, awesome things. But besides all those, we do have a show announcement. And that is um, starting with our next episode. We are coming to the point in Lost where it is extremely difficult to discuss the episode without spoilers. And and it it becomes almost... It almost leaves dead space. It almost just makes it like we're recapping the episode when we, when instead of actually being able to talk about it. So starting next episode with numbers, obviously. I love that episode. We'll get into that, though, another time. Um, that's going to be a spoiler-filled show. So we're going to start our podcast as spoilers will be inside the show. So if you have not seen the show, I encourage you to maybe go watch the show and then come back and listen to us if you have to. Or if you're just one of those people who just don't really care, you can still listen to us anyways. Um, so I just wanted to kind of give you all a heads up of what's going on here on the next episode. But we're not there yet. This is episode 16. We're talking about in translation. So let's go ahead and learn a little bit of the uh, summary about this episode. What do we got.
2: All right. Well, uh, this is season one episode 17 aired originally on february 23rd 2005 uh 15 years ago now almost that's all right i guess we could say that every episode but uh (laughs) 2020 all right uh anyways this was directed by (laughs) tucker gates and it was written by javier griot marswatch i hope i said that right and by leonard dick um the basic summary is this An arsonist torches Michael's raft And when Michael sees that Jin's hands are burned The conflict between them escalates Meanwhile, Boone begins to interfere In the growing relationship Between Shannon and Saeed Flashbacks in this episode Are of Jin's point of view From the same events focused on In the episode House of the Rising Sun Dun, dun, dun. I really
1: liked that and we'll get to that later but yeah I really like the way they did that that flashback on this episode I thought it was really good that they did the same thing just from a different point of view so but but yeah <laughs> dun 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 there's a lot going on in this one I do we. I, I don't know if I put in my episode moments about Boone but yeah uh, i think i'll put something about saeed and shannon and we'll talk about that when we get to about boone but before we get in there um just a little bit of some background behind the episode in the episode jen comes to the secretary's house for the first time in the background the secretary's kid is watching television on the television you can clearly see jorge garcia
0: i wonder why why he's on tv i
1: don't know i guess we'll find out (laughs) in the next episode (laughs) um this is one of two epi- Lost episodes that use the show's name as part of the title. The other is Lost, dot, 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 and Found from 2005. Uh, both, incidentally, are centered on Sun and Jen. Uh, this is the only solely Jen centric episode. All of his other centric episodes are multi centric with either Sun or a larger group. I wouldn't really say this is Jin centric though. Even though it focuses on him, you still have Sun in there. But it's solely focused on Jin. But still,
0: yeah, their their stories are always you know intertwined, intertwined.
1: for sure.
2: Well, uh, it, it, it's it's a Jin centric history, I think. But the on island stuff is more about Sun, I think. If you, yeah. you can say it that way son is put in the more trying decision-making position
1: right and yeah that comes to a boil at the end we'll see that one in a second <laughs> when michael sees Jin kneeling on the beach so and runs toward him accusing him of burning his raft and many other characters come out yelling we hear english from jen's point of view and it sounds very foreign it is in fact the same dialogue as what was already heard just played backwards that's how they did that
0: interesting
2: it was very effective, however they did it, because... He, I had no idea. You really sympathize with with uh, Jin at that moment.
0: Yeah, I, that I, I, thought, he, I thought they were translating it into another language, and he was hearing another language. I didn't know it was just backwards.
1: It it, it, it it is interesting, though, to hear it from, like you said, to hear it from Jin's point of view, because that could be what he does here. He doesn't, you know... And he's the only one who who feels left out when everybody else is there. Um, this episode also marks the first appearances of Mr. Pike, Mr. Pike and Mr. Kwan. So, I liked... I liked... Uh, I liked Jen's dad. Good guy.
0: He is, without a doubt, my favorite character on the entire show.
1: That is not a main sporting <laughs> character. Yeah, exactly. You know, he <laughs> doesn't get the screen
0: time of a Hurley or a Sawyer, but... Man, he he's just a good
1: guy. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. an interesting
2: spinoff show would be Mr. Pike and Mr. Kwan like stuck on a stranded on an island somewhere.
1: <laughs> that would be epic to see how those two were like. <laughs> one would survive, one wouldn't. See, Who would it be? <laughs>
0: season fifty something of uh,
1: Survivor. Yeah, pretty much.
2: <laughs> Exile. Uh, we won't get
1: into Survivor. I can't. I can't imagine how Survivor's still in the air. We won't get into that. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about this episode then. Um, so let's just kind come of, kind of some episode moments that we kind of found uh, that we really interested in. Um, I I I was really the first one that, that kind of really hit me was the Michael interrupting Jen and Son. So sun is out there, and she's, you know, she's pretty much trying to get into the water. And Jen decides to cover her up. And Michael apparently wants to be the chivalrous knight that he is, and runs over there and tries to stand up for sun. And then sun turns around and slaps Michael. <laughs> now, we don't know why she slapped Michael yet. Um, but... But, man, what – what did Michael really even have a right to get involved in that? I mean, because did it look – I don't want to say domestic abuse. But did Michael have a right to get involved in that? I personally think he did because that wasn't his problem. Well – Now, if it got physical, I could understand him wanting to get into it.
0: I feel like that's when he did kind of jump in is when it started getting physical. You know, what? it was arguing, but then – you know sun kind of went to the ground and and I feel like that's when he actually decided to rush in because you know I feel like up until that point everybody was just kind of watching in disgust but um well but, but but was it his place
1: though
2: I I do not think it was his place now there, there's a couple things at play here it's like if you know people um even just an okay amount um and you know about their life like maybe you can step in but culturally he doesn't know what what's going on here and and he shouldn't like jump in the middle of something that he doesn't necessarily understand where son can probably handle it fine herself but the other thing at play is we basically have island rules which means like nothing in the regular world makes sense so it's like do you jump in and like protect her or is that going to make it worse or you know so i see what michael is trying to do but um, obviously not the best person to do it to with his his history with Jin
1: so so then let's continue this this, this thread of Sun and Jin since they're, they're 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 part of the main episode let's continue if we have any moments about them let's talk about their moments in this episode before we go into somebody else's episode um what else kind of stood out with you with with Jin and Sun then because obviously we know Michael is going to get upset here in just a little bit, but about just Jen and son, does anything else really, um, stick out to you about their episode, about their, their points of this show? I mean,
2: this episode. Well, I think the main point that the story is trying to tell here is, is that these two have been lying to each other in different ways for years or an extended period of time. Um, you know, Jin has like been been basically hiding his real thoughts while working for his dad or her dad. And then Sun has been hiding that she wants to leave him and to, to and she's learned English and she's going to move away. And, and now on the island, she feels I think she feels more pressure on the island of of knowing she can speak English. She understands everything, but she can't tell Jin. And I think you have these two people that are being weighed. Wait- weight uh weighted down from their lies and like they kind of have to are forced to confront it in this episode
1: but and 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 jen never i'm not jen but Sun never decided to leave until because she she, she was happy at first and but she never decided to leave until i think the moment she decided was when he came home with, with with blood on his hands and blood all over his shirt when, when, when that when that happened and he turned around and gave her just that app and we see that look in an earlier episode and we don't know where he's coming from. We just assumed that it was it was it was because of you know he had been turning evil from her you know from her father. We had no idea but then you see it from his point of view and it's not that he's turning evil. it's the fact that he just saved a man's life. And, and he is wrestling with the fact that he just had to beat the crap out of a guy in order to save his life because the other guy was, was going was to was kill him and he was wrestling now with how do, I, how do I do this so the only thing so he's still fuming he's still trying to figure he's not mad at son he's mad at the cir- circumstance and he's trying to figure out how to process it and then when she leaves after she slaps him in the bathroom we see him really just look down like man what what, what have I gotten myself into that I can't get out of and now I'm pushing my wife away because of it. So I love the way that they tie those two together. Those two see, Those two episodes.
0: Yeah, it, it th- that was done very well. Um, I think the to me the the whole dynamic here was just the, the t- just how far their relationship had deteriorized. I mean, you know, we hear at the end Jen say, you know, we just we don't talk anymore. Um, but you know, more than that. He, um, J- Jen, just really the controlling behavior and son slapping. I mean, there's just some really unhealthy um, relationship behavior going on here. And I kind of feel like they. I don't know that we ever really. You know, we we see why Jen has gone down a road with because of what Mister Mister Pack has him doing, but I don't know that we ever that. That, that necessarily can justify his, you know, wanting to cover up his wife on the beach. You know, I, I don't know that we ever really get a good explanation of why he's becoming so controlling.
1: Um I believe that's culture though.
0: And and yeah, there there probably is definitely some of that too. But you know, I, I think they kind of parallel it in in the backstory there when son is you know getting dressed for her wedding and you know she asked him to 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 zip her zip her up or button her up and you know he's like oh do i have to yeah i I think that that scene was kind of meant to show the parallel between here he's trying to cover her up on the beach where they're at now and before he was you know kind of you know not not that person yet
2: well i have a theory on this (laughs) basically like from what i saw in this episode uh well, actually, the whole season, Jin is just presented as this, you know, complete jerk. You know, this is the guy that most people dislike or they, they just they they deal with him because he catches fish, but pretty much he's, he's not considered to be that good of a guy. And I think the audience really doesn't like him for most of the season until this one episode. Then they show us his whole history or or a big part of his history. And so my theory is that because Jin is forced to do you know, these bad things like beat up this guy and who knows what else for Mr. Pike, uh, you know, he feels all this resentment and anger towards Sun because he's doing these bad things that his old self would not have done, and now he can't go and tell Son because he can't have the weight of his actions be, be weighing on her. So he can't be honest and say, Oh, this blood belongs to this guy. I had to go send this message for your dad and I did this and you know he can't tell her anything he has to that's part of his job is to use discretion you can't just like go tell your wife everything because it's also you know tell you know implicates his, his father or her father and then you know she could talk to him anyway so uh, I feel like they have all this this tension between them because of who Jin is forced to become is a you know direct result of, of son but uh, so he in a way becomes this other guy that's angry at her but it, he also is kind of like i have to act the part so i have to be more like her father and do these type of things that are demeaning
1: yeah but do you do you think though that she knows what her father does
0: i think she knows that he he's not quite on the up and up you know i i think she knows it's more a little bit more than a car dealership which for what it's worth I didn't even remember that that was his <laughs> business when uh, until, until this rewatch that he was supposed to be in auto, Pike's Automotive I didn't remember what he was supposed to do but I mean I think you know without getting into spoilers I, I, I think that she knows he's definitely you know not exactly above board
2: yeah I, I think that I think that she knows that he is is dirty in some way but it's it's kind of like any American gangster movie. It's like, you don't tell your family everything that you do because you don't want them to be burdened with that. And so, um, she knows he's up to bad things, but he, she's, she doesn't get to know exactly what it is. And then Jin feels that he has to hide things from her too. And so this builds this wall between them, um, over, over years. Cause he's having to act like more and more like a different person to meet, you know, the standard of, of uh, his job, and then, I mean, I think we just we could just talk about it now. The the most beautiful moment of this episode has to be that scene um, with his dad on the docks. You know, yeah. S- Stephen says that's his favorite character in Lost of all time, and and, and you know, it's because this scene is so impactful.
1: Right, it you know, you have so Jen good. apologizing almost. You know, you, you almost have jen apologizing his dad doesn't know you know because he meant I, I i pretty much, i said you were dead and and um you know because he was ashamed of where he came from but you see him rolling up his sleeves and then you it's almost as if like right after that when you go to the airport scene and you see him hold up the flower he's remember he remembered, he said i gotta get her out of here he said he said i'm gonna go do one more job and while i'm there like you could tell that talk with his dad changed his mind he says it's not worth me just losing my relationship with son if i have to work for her dad i'm just gonna we're we're gonna run and you see his attitude and complete emotions just change in that scene so uh and then we have of course we talked about the son the slap of of michael and we find out later that son was really trying to protect him because she feels like jen would have you know Heavyweight knocked him out. I don't think we've ever really seen those two just heavyweight go at it, but I'm pretty sure Jin probably could have whooped Michael. That's just my thinking.
0: <laughs> we, I, mean, I mean, Michael is an we did, artist,
2: right? <laughs> yeah.
0: We did see him go at it pretty good over the watch earlier in the year, though, so I felt like well, he had a pretty good... No. Who who think, who, who was who was dunking whose head in the water? I'm trying to remember.
1: Jen Jin was dunking Michael Michael's head, in the water. but but he got but he got popped from behind. Though. <laughs> Sucker so it punch! Wasn't, it wasn't a fair fight, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we have that, and then I, I actually it, I really
0: liked Michael's response there. I just thought that was really kind of mature on his part when he he said kind of like he said earlier, um, hey, you know, I I see it, that's my bad. I sucked my head in where it didn't belong. I thought that was. Michael, Michael, he's con-
1: growing up. Yeah, he
0: continues surprising me with his uh, kind of mature responses here lately.
1: Right. So we, we we have this. So we have this moment where where they're mad at each other already, and this, you could tell the episode was setting up something big. Michael's been building this raft, and I mean he's he, he's he's making really good progress. And all of a sudden, you just hear people screaming. One night, and you go there and you look, and the raft is on fire. The a really big part of this episode, nowhere it's all tying back into Sun and Jin, and you and you, so you see them kind of this raft on fire, and then you see you know where's Jin, and Michael's already assuming it was Jin that did it, didn't have any evidence, just assumed it was Jin, and Sun goes looking for him while everybody else is arguing about it and trying to keep him and trying to keep him calm. And son finds Jin in the caves, looking for something to heal the burns on his hand. So, you know, they, they want the audience to believe Jin really did it, but the way they set it up, nobody believes Jin really did this. Um,
2: well, and Jack is one of the few people that is actually defending him. You know, like, hey, we need, we can't just assume that we have to find some sort of, you know, evidence. And I think this is Jack remembering what happened to. Uh, Sawyer earlier in the season, uh, the, tor- the torture. Uh, I,
0: I did kind but, of appreciate in that scene too. Just to when you know when Sawyer jumps in and says, "said Are you serious?" And Jack's like, "Shut up!" <laughs> it's like you're not you're not helping the situation here. <laughs> I, there was a couple of real quick moments between Sawyer and Jack like that this episode that were really Sawyer
1: just wanted to see a fight is all it was. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well. F- you know, for some reason, I think I remember when I first watched this, I thought that Jin may have actually done it, just because of the, the burned hands. You know, I didn't jump to the conclusion like Michael just... Well, and
1: then... Yeah, I could see that. And then maybe because he did not respond to Sun when Sun came and found him and said, you burnt it, didn't you? You did it, didn't you? And um, and, and, and he just never responded. He just He just left. Of course until the next day and then um sawyer finds him out in the woods when he's trying to ease his hands when you as soon as soon as you saw like jen like bend down to try to get his hands wet you knew he saw some, somebody was going to show up and Sawyer just comes up and just knocks him and then and then brings him back to the camp
2: what, what do you think do you think that uh jen was mad that you know son even asked him even thought he could do it is that why he didn't say anything he's just like screw you like you think i could do that and you know, storm so. Yeah, that's what it kind of seemed like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was that was my take too. I
1: sure. mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I think so. And then of course we have. So then we go back to the beach and we have this, this son Jim, and and even though like Sawyer throws him down, and Michael comes and then just starts wailing on Jen, you know, and Jen's just standing there. It's not really a Michael and Jin moment. This moment is really dedicated to Son and Jin, and their eyes tell the story without even words being spoke. So the camera crew did a phenomenal job, and the writer did a great job explaining what was going on with just eyes between those two.
2: Yeah, and I, I think this is a... Well, hold on. I have to make one comment about my favorite moment we, uh, we skipped here. Sawyer in the jungle it's Lord of the flies now or, or something like that.
1: Yep. And you know what? It's funny. You said that I had never read that book until I heard Sawyer said it, say it. And then when he actually goes and reads the book on the show, so then that encouraged me to go pick up the book. And then as soon as I finished the book reading it, I'm like, okay, I get this now. How this compares to this show? very much Yeah. So yeah. It's Sawyer's brutal. Saying.
2: Man, oh. it really is kind of a Lord of the flies moment, you know, at the, at the end. And, What's great about this this episode is it t- combines so many things. Like, so we have a a concrete story going on of a who done it, who burnt the raft. That's great. Let's figure out who did it. And then you also have this this season long story of Sun being able to speak English, but never being forced to, you know, tell anybody or tell Jin about this. And then you have you know Jin is going to be beat to death if Sun doesn't jump in and. And, you know, start translating English and tell them to stop. So she's literally forced. Like, either I watch my husband get beat up, you know, possibly to death, or I reveal that I've been lying to him for who knows how long, a year probably or more, um, and completely, you know, embarrass him and just, you you know, whatever. It's a real hit to his honor, you would say. So, yeah it's just a great collision of several things at once.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and then you, and you, you really
0: really, you really get the impression. I, I think it would have been less hurtful for, I think Jen would have preferred to just continue taking the beating than for the whole camp to see that his wife knew English and he didn't know about it. Like, I feel like that was just such a, such a slap in the face to, again, that's probably a cultural thing. Well, I, um,
2: I- just but she makes she makes I him look like a fool you know
1: right and, and, exactly. and I think the, you know he was taking that beating not for her he was taking that beating I think to try to atone for past sins he's like this is my way of taking the beating if it means that I have to take, take the beating for somebody then I'll then then, 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 I'll, then I'll take it and and of course you know later we, we do find out what happens on who actually does burn the raft um but
0: it's kind of, an ongo- kind of an ongoing theme in the show has been, you know, these characters feeling like they deserve punishment somehow. You know, that's why Sawyer let himself get tortured. Um, you know, it seems like this just keeps coming up. All these characters have so much pain in their past that they feel like they somehow deserve these bad things that are happening. And, you know,
2: I think that, that Jin like throughout the whole episode, pr- portrays this feeling of like this – you know, he deserves this in a way. He's earned this. This is his fault in a way, you know. And, um, you know, we get that, you know, I, I wonder what was going on in his head. the scene, I think in the middle of the episode, or, or actually maybe near the end, where, uh, yeah, it must be the last flashback, where they're in the in the airport, Um Oh crap! No, I'm thinking ahead to the to the finale. Okay, <laughs> never mind. You guys never seen I'm talking about, but yeah. But basically, spoiler alert. <laughs> the whole point is, is, let me let me go back to, uh, um, Jin's story here is he's being forced to give hand out these watches in one in Sydney and then one in L.A. Uh, you know, to businessmen, and you know the ploy, the plot that he comes up with his dad, or his dad suggests is just ditch do these give these watches away and ditch everything run away start a new life with your wife in america hide away and and start again and it's such a selfless thing for this father to say like yeah i'll probably never see you again but if this is what you need to do to save your marriage then it's worth it um and so whatever whatever you know is in jin's head at that you know in those moments like you maybe be on the flight he could think he's responsible in a way or he did like you know if he's going to back out he deserves uh to be punished and mm-hmm. you can t- definitely see it throughout the episode
1: yeah absolutely i,
0: I also thought it, it was kind of interesting how how the that reveal of that he wanted them to deliver it to uh sydney and to america it kind, that this is directly what led them to the island you know it's the mr pack wanting them to deliver these watches um I, I don't think we knew before this that 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 they wanted them delivered to sydney and to america
1: yeah
2: this is definitely one of those episodes where you see several pieces of a puzzle put together and, and it's it's satisfying in a way and i just think the brilliant moment of of sun being forced to yell out stop i, I mean that's one of my favorite moments I think it's just a great moment um, because she's she's put in the the ultimate you know tough tough decision um, right there and uh,
1: and you see the emotion on her face too when she yells it I mean, you you can you can visibly see it that it's not just a yell stop. You know, it's a she is she she is hurting because she's hurting because she's seeing her husband get beat up. But then she's also hurting because she knows that what she, that like you said, what she's about to do, is going to completely decimate her husband. Because immediately after she yells stop, you see. You know, when she says "stop, leave him alone," you see Jen's eyes just kind of like lock eyes on her. Like, wait a minute, you're speaking the same gibberish I just got done hearing. You know, uh, and and what's going on? So, it was it was it was good. What uh, what else besides Son and Jen uh was kind of a big moment in this episode? I mean, I know it was a big moment, but um.
0: I think I think a good thing to lead into here because it immediately followed this moment was uh, Locke's epic speech on the beach I feel like that's kind of a
1: <laughs> an iconic
0: <laughs> iconic moment of you know the you know we're not the only people on this island and we all know it I mean that's one of those speeches you remember for sure yeah and um, there's so much irony in, in Locke being the one delivering this speech Um you know, why Why would anyone block our attempt to leave the island, as we've already seen him um, – actually, now that I say that, we have found – have we found out at this point that he – about um, Saeed, I think we did. Mm. When
1: <laughs> I'm not sure yet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we'll just leave that. Oh. We'll leave that one alone for now, but Locke, of all people, is not the one who – when he says, why would anyone block our – block an attempt to leave the island – uh, we know that Locke, of anyone, would be the one to block an attempt to leave the island.
2: Well, the thing is, you- I will say that it, it's strange looking, you know, in hindsight, some of the things he says here. But <laughs> this has got to be one of the most memorable speeches of the whole show, at least for me. And it, it really stands out in most people's minds. But it's actually really short, too. It's not even that long of a speech. He basically, you know, they've attacked us. They've sabotaged us abducted right. us you know and and then uh he has that little point he does while he's doing the speech i'm pretty sure this speech is, mo- is also really memorable because it would be one of those clips that gets played in like every single previously unlost uh you know episode <laughs> like for seasons to come they would play this yeah. clip because it does kind of summarize uh you know some points there but i do yep. also think this is john at his best knowing like Hey, like we're all divided, pointing fingers at ourselves. We need to unite behind something, um, even if it's not. Or obviously, even if it's false that one of them burned the raft because John knows the truth. Um, and
1: because uh, John always knows the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: hope hopefully. Hopefully, uh, but that leads me to probably I think the other big moment that we have left, or one of them is. Is Locke confronting Walt, and Walt admitting to burning the raft? Um, right.
1: And Walt's Walt's reasoning was what?
0: I just didn't want to move again. Yeah. He,
1: he he he. You know, I could see. I I started to see. It's it started a couple episodes ago. You kind of see the dynamic between Walt and Michael start to kind of shift a little bit, and you see Walt. And, you know, finally letting Michael in And Michael finally kind of breaking through a little bit So I think Walt was sensing that And he didn't want to leave That and he just didn't want to move again And, um, and yeah So he he, he burnt the raft And we of course found out Jen was trying to Help put the fire out on the raft (laughs) Because he was ready to get off there too Um But, um But yeah, so then we, you know, like you said You know, Walt burnt the raft And they had to build again they'd start on the raft again
2: yeah i thought it was a great you know intuitive lock moment where he doesn't act like he's no he knows anything and then of course he asked you know why did you why did you burn the raft wall and it's like oh luck! how do you figure everything out he like called his bluff or whatever um but it is a good moment especially because it looks like uh, walt is probably kicking locks butt a backgammon because somehow walt has just amazing luck and that you know, yep. Lock gives him a little touche. That was such a good
0: little, such a good little moment when you know when he rolled whatever he was supposed to roll, and and Lock, you know, just kind of chuckled at how lucky Walt always yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Like good, what do he say? Good, good for you, or, or something. Where it's like, yep, this is what happens.
1: It's good. Hey, they finally ran out of golf balls, dude. I told.
0: <laughs> that was that was a nice little. That was a nice little scene there too. I I was really I was thinking they went fishing. I I forgot that he didn't take him up on this offer right now, but uh
2: there's some things I really forgot about again, this episode. Just, like that's like mm-hmm. Jin yeah. in like pure rage hitting uh rocks with the golf club. Like I had no memory of that. That moment was great.
1: <laughs> oh so, uh, let's see, ran out of golf balls, and then of course um, we see the split between Jen and son. Jen's packing up his stuff. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the caves. You know, I, I can't be around her and she won't... She's she, she's trying to get through to him. He won't talk to her. So, you know, he eventually does, and then he just... He says he he just wants to be alone. And he ends up going, and I love this. He ends up going and... and Michael is sifting through the stuff on the raft to find what's salvageable, and all of a sudden you see Jin walking with like four long bamboo poles, and um, and you just see this this friendship start to form between Jin and Michael, even though they have no earth idea what either one is saying to each other.
2: And, and, and this is, I think, the them. first, probably the first English John. I mean, sorry, uh, Jin speaks. He just says boat. And then, right. like that's the only line boat. But we understand. We're gonna make a boat. Let's boat. do it.
1: Uh, right. Let, let's let's do it. And and so I I kind of like that. I liked that that moment. You you kind of see them kind of turn a corner here. Sometimes the best friendships are made through the in the fires. You know. Sometimes people can be your worst enemy, and you just obviously can't stand them. But then, you know, then they become your 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 some of your closest friends.
2: Now, you watch this episode, and I I actually totally understand looking back, like why people think lost is like purgatory or, or, you know, something, some like afterlife, because you pretty much have a lot of these episodes are these characters exercising their demons, like, and then having like a little bit of resolution by the end of the episode, especially this one. I feel like Jin is like totally trying to like work through all the stuff he had to do and the person he's become. And by the end of the episode, end of the episode, he, he's kind of stripped of all of that and he's just like alright I'm gonna help this guy make a boat like that's the simple thing I can do right now and then son you know she has everything collapse for her as well um, and it's, uh, it's very metaphorical you know it's like very much they're exercising the, the demons of their life of their past
0: it, it was just, it was so painful to watch all episode long Jen denying you know his father was even alive and it is it's kinda nice to see him now on the island, essentially, you know, living like his father. You know, he's fishing, he's building a boat, he's he's using all those skills he learned from his father that he you know, that he tried to run away from. They're all really coming in handy here on the island.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um so we see we see so we saw, we've we've talked quite a bit about the Jen and Son relationship tonight already um, is there any other kind of storylines that had some big moments in it tonight
0: one thing I really like that we keep seeing uh, is how they plant little seeds a few episodes before that are gonna really blossom you know later on and I like that this was kind of the beginning of the discussion of who is gonna go on the raft yeah you know you know even though it ends up being a different you know we end up burning this raft the the concept that you know they only got room for for four people, um, it's kind of the beginning of that little conversation him and Jack and you know it's not a big part of this episode but uh, you know we're gonna see that definitely become a bigger plot point here shortly
1: and we find out that Sawyer by the way for the first raft Sawyer bought bought his way onto the raft <laughs> <laughs> he said I had the supplies he needed and I purchased my ticket and I am out of here. <laughs>
0: good good thing i'm a spender not a saver doc that was a good line
1: oh not i'm a, a saver not a spender and <laughs> a backwards oh
2: now we, we do get a little more of uh you know saeed and shannon in this episode too right yes and is this the one is this where where Locke gives gives shannon the advice I got a little confused because yes. we watched. Yes. I watched this one last week. Yes. Yeah, and so I really like that moment um, where basically he says, "You know, don't care about what Boone thinks. Like, why? Why are you worried about a rift between Saeed and and Boone? Like, um, this is a new life, for, or what? What is the line? Everyone gets a new life on this island. I think that's a great moment. Like, a great." Um, you know, moment for for Shannon to go. Oh, you're right. Okay, like you know, I'm. That's how I'm going to look at this. I'm not going to worry about what other people think. And it's obviously great advice for a lot of people in life. Is, is stop getting so concerned with every other person and, and try to figure out what you want in life.
1: And that. So that's interesting. You brought up Boone because it's it's Shannon's worried about what. You know about about Boone and the whole Sy dynamic yet Boone a few episodes back was worried about Shannon and had to work through his Shannon problems but all of a sudden now Boone Boone's worried again about who Shannon's dating and 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 it seems like you know he everything he went through with Locke when Locke clubbed him in the back of the head and put paste on his back of his head is just unraveling here like why, why are you going back to do, you, you know because he gave her the cold shoulder after that experience and just said i'm done i'm done with you but now all of a sudden he's he's back he's back with her again he's 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 trying to he's trying to stop people from dating her and 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 spending time with her and so so forth so it was it's very odd to me to see boone come back into the picture on this
2: yeah i think he it's like he can't help himself you know in in giving saeed this this warning that's also kind of a you know a He's planting a seed to kind of just mess with Saeed's head. Um, and it's obviously a regression of uh, lock th- from his lock therapy that he had.
0: One other thing that I thought seemed a little unusual about just this whole storyline is um, from everything we've seen from Saeed, it seems surprising to me that Boone's little uh, speech warning to him actually worked on Saeed, you know, yeah. kind of made Saeed question Shannon and, and- I don't know that that really tracks with the Saeed we've seen the rest of the show. Like it, it just doesn't seem like that should have worked for Boone, You know, I, I don't know what you guys think. I
2: just maybe maybe yeah. Said uh, you know maybe Said watched a lot of reality TV. You know when they whatever like catfish the person and he's like, oh man, I've seen so many people on these TV shows get tricked. I don't want to be. No, actually, I agree yeah. that it, it does yeah, seem I mean, a lot of character.
1: I mean, he did and and and. It it did. It did seem a little out of character, but I'm glad it ended up changing at the end, and they ended up kissing, and then you kind of start to see their budding of their relationship together on the show. So, um, that, that, that's really good. That's, that's, it it was a good moment. Uh, a lot of, again, a lot of the moments that, that I've had on mine have been between Sun and Jin, and Michael and Jin, and then Saeed and Shannon. Um... So
0: I I think the 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 one other thing we haven't talked about might be the uh the the end of the show yeah. the the Walkman montage
1: Walkman
0: RIP Hurley's batteries um, but that was just you know really kind of a fun way to uh you know to to end the to end the the episode uh, got some real iconic moments of you know, sun back in her glory in her bathing suit with the towel flying behind her. That's definitely kind of an iconic scene. And then, you know, his Walkman skips and that's the end of the music. And it's like, what do he say? Oh, crap.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do think I did, I did like the sun one because it felt like now she said, okay, I understand I've heard him, but now I am free. If we're all breaking all cultural norms now, I'm okay now. But I think the Walkman montage. As much as I loved Hurley's Walkman and everybody doing things while Hurley's listening to this, you know, this this Walkman and and he's walking down the beach. As much as I thought that was cool, I also understand why it had to end, because you have so many heavy things coming up in the show, and the show is about to really pick up, where it's not going to be a heavy Walkman kind of in. Uh, or, 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 a, or a happy Walkman ending now on the end of every episode. And they had, you know, we can't have her listen to happy-go-lucky CDs for throughout the rest of the show, too.
2: Yeah, the the tone definitely changes. And uh, though, if you watch Smallville, they continue that for, like, you know, five seasons. Yes, they did. <laughs> I, I and, you know, It is it is a nice way to tie up an episode of any TV shows. So, oh, let's put a, like a, a song that is fitting or that's popular and we'll have a montage of these characters and you can tell some story pretty quickly with a montage. Uh, right. But uh, it, it just... Uh, it doesn't work the same way with, with Lost especially because the other thing that begins to happen now is there's, there's less time that's going by. And this isn't really a big of a deal but like you know we're at like 20 some days or like or maybe you know we might be more like 30 days in but as the show goes on less time is going by with each episode so you don't really need a montage and i know these montages usually are just you know one night but a lot of times a montage right. will show the passage of time and we don't really get that um, with lost it's you know day by day
1: and and no, nothing wrong with the music at the end of Smallville either. It makes up my Spotify playlist. No, it's, it is good. It is good, but it is, it's like
2: every episode, and like I just remember that.
1: Oh, <laughs> especially season one. I, I it, it it takes me back to my high school years, man. When I like oh, I remember that song. <laughs> oh, it oh is my. a good way
2: to end episodes. But I think Lost, you know, now going forward, they have a lot more intense you know, story beats and they that, that to conclude the, the episodes. Uh, and right. you know, the battery's got to run out at some point. And it, it's a great way to explain, you know, the whole yeah. montage element.
1: Anybody else? Um, right.
2: Well, you know, one, this isn't a moment, but one thing I wanted to, to uh, discuss is, so I went back to watch, you know, I came up with my score, you know, you know, on, on my own. And then I went to look up some old reviews and stuff and the reception for this episode when it came out was basically, this is a good episode, but, like, what the heck is going on with the story? Like, this episode doesn't progress the story of, of the, the show forward at all. And people were, were not, like, too happy. It was, like, you know, B, or, like, they, this wasn't that great. I'm kind of surprised by that, honestly. Now, I guess if you're watching week by week, you're, like, you're hoping more is going to come of, of the others and uh the french woman but you know the story right now has been kind of shifted to the raft and trying to get off and it's it's a slower burn at this point of the season and so i think that was kind of an unfair criticism people are just impatient because
1: yeah yeah i could see that i do think it has it has a lot to do with the overarching storyline of the entirety of the show. This episode is a very pivotal episode. Some because some some groundwork is laid for later seasons in this show, in this episode. So, yeah, I mean, it's still not my highest rated episode, but it's pretty close, for sure. Um so steven give me some uh give me a few seconds here 15 to 16 seconds maybe on your thoughts of this episode
0: um i thought this was a really good episode um we the the on island story is intense um you know we get a we get a good reveal of walt being the one that burned the raft we get a great lock speech um get hurley's walkman dying at the end um just a very good episode and we get the best character of the entire show mr. Pack, even for a short while
2: quan um, <laughs> right we
0: get we get to see what a mr. Yeah, Kwan. We get to see what a what a good father looks like <laughs> mr Mis- ah, I did it again mr. Quan not mr. Mis- Pack. Ta- Mis- talk about uh, polar polar opposites <laughs> yeah no no we see a we see a great father and we see a horrible father so yeah mr. Quan All right. So, any episode with him is going to be rated pretty high for me. Good, good.
1: And, uh, Corey, what about you?
2: Yeah, I would say, uh, this is an episode that that completely flips the script on what everything we thought we knew about Jin and gives us his side of everything. Um, with some really well done flashbacks that are, that have a great, you know, story of its own. But it also has, um, a really interesting plot that drives the whole episode through, of you know who who burned the raft and why they did it, and then it has a great conclusion, and um, forcing Sun to come out with the secret that she's had all season. So it just has several great elements, and I think it makes a fantastic episode.
1: Yeah, I uh, I I think it's a good good episode. It moved the storylines, knowing where the story goes in the show. Um, this episode, going back and watching it again, kind of really good job at driving some things home so i was very happy with it um i i enjoyed seeing the the michael the the, the best thing to me in this episode was the michael jen dynamic where you see them as enemies at the beginning and then at the end you see them finally coming and seeing eye to eye with one another on the wrath itself even though they can't speak the same language you see you see them coming together and uh and then you see the dynamic between jen and son in that moment where jen's getting the crap beat out of them by michael he's just standing there but you see the conversation with their eyes more than just their words um so that was my overall thoughts it was a good episode it was a good episode so how are we rating this thing steven
0: we're gonna rate this on a uh, one out of 23 dead cd players
1: <laughs> r.i.p hurley's one all right
0: um is Mike, what, what did you rate this episode? I
1: gave this one 21 out of 23 dead CD players. Um, it was some good things, some, some things that kind of kind of took me out. I can understand why they did it. It's not not a perfect episode to me, but it's a very good episode so it definitely gets a, a very highly rated 21 out of 23 uh, dead CD players uh, for me.
0: All right, Corey. Corey, what did you rate this episode?
2: Well, Stephen, I'm going to give this a perfect score. Um, I'm going 23 Ooh, out of 23 dead score. CD players. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Is so,
1: perfect. Is that the first perfect scores episode we've had so far?
2: <laughs> well, I think so. Well, we didn't really do the. I think so. The pilot. I mean, I know it wasn't. Uh, I wasn't lost yet, but. Uh, I'm like, there could have been some other perfect but but yes this is the first perfect score that i've given out for sure um yeah you know i i thought about this that was my first reaction was like wow this is perfect and then i went back like trying to find things to criticize like that I, and just for me personally i think that it's just a great story and you know it has a very emotional ending and i'm like there's nothing i would have changed this is this is great um which is Good. surprising because if you had said what episode is definitely is a twenty three out of twenty three? Before we started doing this, I would have probably not thought of this episode, but um, I think it's a great story. Good, Steven?
0: All right, I like it. Bold, bold ranking, Corey, good job. <laughs> uh, I I thought I was pretty high on this episode. I, I also went twenty one out of twenty three dead CD players. Um, I mean, I echo everything you you thought about the episode, Corey. I probably the only Thing I didn't like about it was the the Boone kind of, the Boone and the site the Boone backtracking on the progress yeah. he had made and the, so that might have brought it down just a little for me, but but I mean, yeah, excellent episode, um, really good backstory, and as I said, it's got Mr. Quan um, who I just can't repeat enough how awesome of a character he is I wish we saw more of him
2: Well, all right. So we're going to move on to our uh, final discussion here. And uh, it's going to have some references, some information here for everybody. Uh, First up, we've got Sawyer's name dictionary. Uh, We had a few in this episode. Uh, For Jen, uh, Sawyer calls him Torchy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which seems like one of the l- least creative nicknames. <laughs> yes. He's holding a torch. Hey, Torchy. <laughs> okay. Um, oh. And then he also calls him Bruce Lee, um, which is, you know, sounds like something Sawyer would say.
0: More, more mild Sawyer <laughs> racism.
1: Yes.
2: And then too. he calls son Betty. <laughs> which I don't know why. I don't when know he why does, he calls, calls her Betty. I,
0: yeah, I'm trying to figure out. There, there's so many Bettys. I'm not sure which one he was referring to here. Betty White, Betty Boop. I, I, don't, Betty I don't know White. where
1: he Did well, he, just, <laughs> he just compared son to Betty White. <laughs> I
2: might have a, a little bit of information on that. And our total freckle count is up to five, which seems pretty low. A, I think he, it's going to start he, it, he, jumping he up He hasn't more.
1: called her freckles in a while freckles really starts to pick up in season two though and especially in the, into season three so
2: yeah i think sawyer oh, he, he he latches on to he stops throwing out quite as many like bad nicknames and he he really latches on to the ones that he connects with and he just starts hammering them over and over again <laughs> um and uh we also have some pop culture connections here uh the most obvious one which i almost brought up at the beginning is the reference to lost in translation the title of this episode which yeah that's the title is in translation but you know lost dot 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 in translation uh refers to this 2003 comedy drama about culture shock uh written by written directed by sofia coppola great film um and never saw it never saw it it's 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 very well done
0: oh it's it's a good one Hmm.
2: it it's a melodramatic. Bill Murray, movie. and
0: that that was kind that was kind of Scarlett Johansson's uh, coming out party, wasn't it? That was kind of where she yeah got famous.
1: The most recent Bill Murray episode, I the movie I saw was Zombieland 2, but you know we won't go into there. Wrong podcast for that. <laughs> 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 well,
2: that's interesting, but uh, you know yeah, Bill Murray's great in it too. But anyways. Um, <clears throat> it's in japan not korea but uh you know that was a fitting episode name they had to i'm sure they just they couldn't resist making the title flow with episode title anyways "Lost in translation is also a well-known narrative poem by james merrill um 20 1926 to 95 uh it was his lifetime and the poem tells us about a child putting together a jigsaw puzzle um at the same time it is in It is an interpretive puzzle in itself designed to engage a reader's interest in solving mysteries at various narrative levels. I never heard of this before, Mm. but it it sounds very fitting to this television show. Absolutely. Uh, Especially this episode. Yeah. And this, yeah. Putting together a puzzle. Uh, And, you know, one thing I'll say, just a little note. We'll talk more about this later season one of lost gives you a ton of these puzzle pieces that later on people are like, what are, what are the answers to these mysteries? And a lot of times you go, the, what ends up being the answers are like things that they say in season one that are kind of like throwaway lines. They're like, Oh wait, I would have paid attention closer. Um, So anyways, interesting fact there. Uh, Next delicate. The song by Damien Rice is featured at the end of the episode when Hurley listens to music on his CD player. The last oh. song he ever had,
0: or at least part, or at least part of yeah, the song. part of it, <laughs> not the whole
2: song. <laughs> uh, f- Flatiron Building. Uh, Michael tells Walt about architecture, specifically the Flatiron. Am I saying that right? Uh, yeah, Flatiron yep. Building in New York. Flatiron. It is said that the triangular building created unusual wind patterns, which caused, which would cause women's skirts to fly around as they walked on Twenty Third Street. Twenty Third, twenty three. This episode,
0: I I went down a little. I went down a little flat iron building rabbit hole here, and it. Where lost was so great. They just so many little things that they throw into the episode that if you really start looking into, just everything they put in here has you know connects in some way to the the overall. I know uh, our next episode we're going to talk about the numbers and uh, you know twenty third Street, but. Uh, there's actually, there was a, uh, a phrase called 23 skidoo um, that I guess just means basically, you know, to, to get out while the getting's good. And it was the, the uh, it originated or the, uh, I guess the, the origin of it is thought to be this flat iron building. And when the, the cops would tell men um, not to uh, be hanging around looking at the women's skirts flying up. Uh, they, you know, tell him twenty twenty three skidoo. Apparently, this was a, <laughs> a common phrase that uh, you know may may not be around a lot anymore. But um, I mean, it could just be coincidence. But I, I can't. I I can't. I, I I went down Wikipedia for a while on this one, and you just feel like all this stuff. The lost puts this stuff in there for a reason. I don't know.
2: The old twenty-three <laughs> skidoo. Twenty-three skidoo.
0: Twenty-three skidoo. Google it. it, it it's it's an
2: interesting. <laughs> that read. sounds really interesting. <laughs> uh, well, we will twenty-three skidoo onto the next fact, uh, <laughs> which is about Lord of the Flies. Um, after Sawyer captures Jin, he tells him he should be scared because all the survivors have gone Lord of the Flies. In this book, William Golding. Uh, by by William Golding. A group of English boys who are stranded on an island confront not only the defects of their society, but the defects of their own natures as well. Um, yes, classic, classic read. Uh, we also have The Liars Club. Sun tells um, <clears throat> Sun tells everyone that Jin is not a liar. Sun- Sawyer says, you going to lecture us about lying, Betty? Betty is a reference to Betty White, <laughs> a regular <laughs> participant on the television game show called Liars Club, uh, where she would give ridiculous explanations of what an unusual um, object was used for. So, yes, he's basically saying
0: Is is that the Betty White? Is, is I've never I've never heard of this show. Is is that Betty White? Betty White? I don't know. Betty White. The, the classic? I don't I don't She's know.
2: That old, but so I guess yeah. He's basically she, she, saying you know you call him the the kettle black.
1: Whatever. She, she's ninety eight years old. <laughs> I guess she is pretty old, but
2: <laughs> oh okay. And our last info nugget: uh, Bruce Lee Sawyer calls Jin Bruce Lee, or calls him Bruce, referring to the famous actor and martial artist Bruce Lee.
1: It is the same Betty White, by the way. Okay. I just found it on. It oh, is the same Betty White. we are we doing? So.
0: I was trying to make a joke, but I guess the right Betty. It is the right Betty. <laughs> she is officially
1: 98 years old.
0: Going strong. going
1: strong. Going strong. Well, you know what else is going strong? Our next episode, when we talk about some numbers. Numbers. This is a Hurley-centric episode. The first Hurley-centric episode of the show And, uh, we're looking forward to discussing it and seeing what comes of it. And, uh, but other than that, is there anything else y'all have for this episode before we head into the spoiler zone real quick? Sweet. All right. So it's been great. If you're shooting out on us, this is our last spoiler zone. And, uh, we will see you next time on previously on Lost as we recount Get that recount numbers on the next episode. So, entering in then into our spoiler zone, you have been warned.
0: Spoiler zone. Oh, man, I got some uh, sons, sons, or Jen's dad thoughts. Um, later in the episode, DOC. We find out that at the time of the when Jen goes to see his father, we find out he's already met his wife. Um, son went to went to visit him uh, when his when Jen's mom came to extort money from her, and uh, you know Jen's dad was just as awesome then, um, just as awesome to son. But so when Jen's describing his wife to him here, he's already met her. And not only that, but we find out in the future that this he may not even be Jen's biological father. He he raised him, um, but he didn't even know if he was his. His his mother was a was a uh, lady of the night,
2: and lady uh, left of him the with. night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is that still a PC? I don't know what, oh. what, what we call him there, but um, but you know, and, and he just. You know, says really nicely. You know, he's like, who else was gonna raise him? So he he raised them, and uh, despite the fact that Jen's out here, you know, telling people he's dead, he is just an awesome father, and uh, love every minute of it. Um, we also find out in the uh, same episode that the reason why uh, Jen you know when Jen comes in thinking he's going to get reprimanded by Mr. Peck he gets promoted we find out the reason why he got promoted was because son had went to him for to borrow money and he figured out that it was for Jen and he said that Jen is going to owe this debt not you huh. so he takes you know takes it out on Jen by giving him a uh, quote unquote promotion um, that's so right he, you know we've we've there's a lot. There's a lot of gaps in this story that are filled in in the in the D- doc um, episode. Yeah, it is. The really son's m-
1: hands are. I was going to say that son's that that son's hands are not 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 as clean as she makes them out to be.
2: Yeah, and it really makes for a pretty tr- uh, traumatic uh, story in a way because, uh, you know, Jin was going to be out if I remember correctly. He was like he was going to be at the point where he had done his time. And he was going to be free to quit and go do something else, but instead, uh, son asks for this money, and you know, Jin has to go in deeper, and then he has to really start getting his hands dirty. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um, obviously, we know they get the second raft built, and we know that um, we know that Sawyer leaves on it. Um, Michael leaves on it with Walt. And Jen goes, too.
2: So. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just and, wanted to uh, bring up that moment that I was talking about earlier. It's because I, I went ahead and watched the whole season last week, so I got a little yep. confused. But in what? the in the finale, Exodus, <laughs> uh, that associate of, of Mr. Pike meets – Jin in the bathroom he just starts start speaking Korean to him and he tells him I know you're planning to leave uh, and run away with with son if you do I'm going to kill you or whatever um, and which I think is a really interesting moment if you think like when you break down all the information we're given on this on this son Jin story you know drama with, with her father it's really interesting how many different moving pieces are there and it's also sad uh because there's so much that Jin and Sun don't tell each other,
1: I I think personally their backstories uh, to me is the most interesting and also the most complex. But to me, one of my favorite backstories of this of this entire show. Because Hurley's, we, we understand Hurley, we know he ended up in a mental institution because of the numbers, and he won the lottery, he lost his friends, and bad things happened. Jack, we know, lost his, you know, issues with his dad and his family, and then went to Thailand, got some tattoos, and and we, we understand these things. But to me, the most interesting one, and the most that, had, that, that brings out the most emotion, though, is the Jen and Son one to me.
0: Well, it really also it just it just really flips the story on on its head from what you think at the start of the series to the end. You know, you, you, as as horrible as Jin seemed at the beginning of the season, he really becomes a sympathetic character and really a tragic character as the show goes on. Um, but yeah, I agree they they have a r- really complicated and uh, well told history.
2: Yeah, because yeah, it yeah. is at the heart uh, heart of it is a great love story, and Jin's one you know major motivation is his love for his wife, and then it's put into conflict with this working for for Pike because now it's like what he's doing there you know causes conflict with his wife, and then uh, you know ultimately. You know, Jin chooses to save his wife over over trying to escape on his own, um, and their their love yeah. story ends in the most um, tragic way possible. They both die, and
1: yeah,
0: yeah. And I I can't help when watching this episode and seeing his how his frame of mind changes when he sees the daughter of the environmental secretary. Um, you know how. You know, he really seems conflicted by having to beat this guy up in front of his daughter. You know, it can't help you in hindsight think about how he had a daughter that he never met because of that decision he made. Because of a lot of things out of his control, and then ultimately the decision he made to stay with son, he never gets to meet his daughter who is, you know, out there with no parents now. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, at least she has a relationship with her dog Popo, who we see introduced <laughs> this episode. Yep. Um, you know, that's the dog that Jen gives Sun later. So, that, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of layers to to their story that um, you know we kind of see. Star yeah, later. and I
2: think a lot of times uh, Jen and Sun episodes get a bad rap because people are just lazy about reading the subtitles, <laughs> and so. Be- but there, there is some really great storytelling with their, with their uh, history. Yeah.
1: Hey, I watch every show with subtitles on if I can, because you just, <laughs> you're just surprised at what you miss. So, anything else?
0: Um, I, I, as far as Locke's speech, you got to go back to that. How, you know, not only when he makes his speech about who would, who would block an attempt to leave. I couldn't. I can't. If we've already seen this, but whether we've learned that he was the one who, when Saeed was trying to triangulate the signal, he bashed Saeed over the head. We in the future we see him blow up a submarine. We blow, he blows up a boat to keep them from getting off the island. I, pretty much his entire first th- four seasons is trying to keep people from getting off the island. I, uh, I, and just to see him make that speech is just so ironic. I and,
1: don't. But it it. it Go ahead. No, I... I, I was going to say, ahead. I don't think he's told Saeed yet that he hit him side of the head. I think that comes in, this, in, the, in one of the two parts of the season finale. Is that When a, they're on yeah, the way I, to I the radio, we, no, so they're to the radio I, I tower.
0: I was thinking we...
2: It's the Saeed episode.
1: I was thinking we had learned that, but...
2: It's like, do okay. not... It's the one right before the finale, I think.
1: Okay. Because so. in the finale, <laughs> they're, they're heading toward, toward the radio tower. So...
0: And also just a little moment where uh Locke and Walt you when Walt asks lock Is your dad cool? And he says, No, he's not cool. Well that that's the understatement of uh of all time yeah. there by Locke. It's definitely
1: not that's cool. True. <laughs> <laughs> he is anti
2: cool. It's the opposite <laughs> of cool. Oh
1: Well, guys, it's been good on this episode, but um i believe that may be it for in translation we have translated as much as we possibly could so we are going to uh head out and uh, we will see you guys back here next time as we discuss a numbers episode where it is hurley centered so until next time peace out everybody
2: peace out
1: have a good one